I'm going to do things a little bit different. I'm not trying to be different. The only reason why I'm going to speak down here is because um, I am very clumsy. And there's a lot of expensive equipment on that stage. <laughs> and uh, I was actually away at um, a con children's conference this weekend with some people. And I was trying to walk into my seat. And I almost took down a speaker. <laughs> so that's why I'm down here today. Um, I'm not, you know, trying to be all cool and, you know, hip, as Pastor Adam would say. Showing his age. No. Um, most of you probably know who I am. I am Pastor Jess. I am the family ministries pastor here at Essex. Um, I'm not usually in a Sunday morning gathering. I'm usually upstairs with the kids, having lots of fun. Not saying that Pastor Brent is not fun, but we do have fun upstairs. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I didn't think that, you know, Pastor Brent would really ever ask me to speak on a Sunday um, just from conversations in the office. You know, like, I know I'm his favorite staff, <laughs> but I make him laugh a lot. But I wasn't sure he'd ever trust me to do this. Um, and you know what? We're at, like, getting into month seven, and he hands me a microphone, so... I think we're on, you know, a good pathway here. Um, but I am a family ministries pastor, and so I love connecting with kids through games and activities. So I thought I'd bring that into our Sunday morning gathering. Right? And don't worry, I'm not going to make you guys run. It's only going to be a sit or stand, so it's not too bad. And what it is is... Um, I, like, I don't think I spend a lot of time with everyone because I'm usually just not in here. I'm usually upstairs. So it's a get-to-know-Pastor-Jess game, okay? <laughs> so it's fun, right? So I'm going to give you guys two choice, and you can sit or stand, right? So I'll say one. If you think that this is my favorite, you can stand, and if you think this is my favorite, you can sit. So the first one will be colors. No. You're going to give it away. Okay, the first one is favorite color. So if you think that green is my favorite color, you can stand. If you think that purple is my favorite color, you can sit. So green, stand. Purple, sit. Wow. I know I wear a lot of purple. I know, but my favorite color is actually green. Good job for those of you who are standing. The youth, yeah, you guys would know. You guys know. Okay, second one. Okay, youth and youth leaders, you guys stay seated down. <laughs> for this next one, anyways. If my favorite food is potatoes, stand up. If my favorite food is pizza, sit down. Potatoes, stand up. Pizza, sit down. You're right. I love potatoes. <laughs> if ever you invite me over to your house and you just make potatoes, I don't care about anything else. As long as there's potatoes, we're good. We are good. Okay. If you think I like Star Trek, stand up. If you think I like Star Wars, sit down. Star Trek, stand up. Star Wars, sit down. 
You guys are right. I love Star Wars, except for Rachel, who stood up. <laughs> I love Star Wars. It is my favorite movie. Um, well, all of them, not just the one. So I love Star Wars a lot. I even own a lightsaber. Like it's, it's pretty intense love. Okay, vanilla for ice cream. Vanilla, stand up. Chocolate, sit down. People are looking at me like, oh, I don't know. It's chocolate. Okay, just one last one. This one should be easy if you went on our church website because the answer's there. If you think I like coffee, stand up. And if you think I prefer tea, sit down. I love coffee. <laughs> like, I'm a parent. You need coffee, right? If you're a parent in this room and you did it without coffee, you are a superhero. Like, I really don't know how you did it. So that's just a little bit of information about me. You know, I like also surprises, um, like coffee. <laughs> On my desk in the morning. Adam? <laughs> Um, so um, I'm going to get into the sermon. I just want to get you guys to get to know a little bit about me and just to have a bit of fun. Um, I think most of my leaders would know that I love having fun, and I'm not very serious often. I can be, but not often, especially if we're on a trip together. Yeah, and if you're on a trip with me, you probably know that things are going to go really bad. <laughs> So just a little things from our trip. We almost lost a wheel in a car. We didn't have a hotel to sleep in. And uh, you know what? Everything else was pretty smooth. I almost, I almost knocked over a speaker. Yeah. Anyways, that was just my weekend. So, Okay. Anyways, I really wanted to say um, that the one amazing thing about being here at EGCC is actually that I get to be part of an incredible staff. Um, and that Pastor Adam and myself and Lauren and then there's Lynn and there's Karen who's around often. And uh, I just think it's amazing that like when we're all together and especially Pastor Adam and Pastor Brent and I, um, as people who, you know, love theology and as people who want to, sh you know, teach people about who God is. And I think we make a great team, right? If you've heard uh, Pastor Brent's messages, you would say that he's an incredible teaching pastor. Lots of information to give. And it's incredible to listen to him because you just glean a lot. And if you listen to Pastor Adam, it's kind of the same thing, but he gives a lot of practicals as well. Um, that's what I would say. Very practical, life application type things. And he's passionate about seeing people love the Bible. And so I kind of want to let you guys know what kind of uh, teacher I am. And I'm very evangel evangelical. So that's kind of my giftings. And when we speak as pastors, our giftings come out. Right? So... Pastor Brent will give you all the information that you need and teach you about the Bible. Pastor Adam will give you the practical, and I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> right? Right? That's, that's what it's all about. But you know what? That makes us a great team, that we just have all these different styles, and that when we're relating to you and when we're teaching you, that we have all these different ways that we can get the message of Christ across. And I think that that's incredible. And so today, as you can see my title... Peter, Peter, Reptile Eater. 
Um, I'm going to be talking about Acts 11, verses 1 to 18. And I want to kind of give you guys some information about Acts, because I think that it's such an incredible book. And the one thing that I love is just kind of going into the history of books and knowing and understanding, you know what, like, why was this book written? Why is the place where it's placed at this moment, right, for us to read? And Acts is, like, placed specifically in a spot for us, right? We're just going through the gospel. We finish the gospels where Jesus is teaching and doing ministry in his human body. That's incredible, right? We get an account of everything that Christ did on earth for us and to teach his disciples how to do that. And Acts is the second part, right? Acts is God saying, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit to empower you to go. And that's where we get incredible messages. And when we read about the, Pente the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming upon believers and empowering them to do amazing things, that's what the story of Acts is all about. And, um, oh, this is stuck. And kind of at this time, too, there was a lot going on in the Jewish believers. And one thing was that they did not believe that God was for anyone but Jewish people. So anyone who was a Gentile, which means anyone who is not Jewish, that God was not for them. Right? You had to live a certain way. You had to be a certain way. And so the Jewish people, you know, they did not eat certain foods. They ate a specific diet, and they didn't eat anything that would be seen as unclean. They, um, you know, did not tattoo their bodies and things like that. Like, they just lived a very, very specific lifestyle. And so when we come into the book of Acts, God is kind of saying, you know what? It's not just for you anymore. Right? This is for the entire world. And that's where we get into our scripture of Acts 11. And I'm really excited to jump into our scripture. And this is kind of why. I love speaking from a place where Christ is speaking to me. And this verse has been embedded in my mind and in my life, kind of teaching me and transforming me. And I think that that's an incredible thing, is that God never stops working. God never stops transforming your life, right? It doesn't matter how much you think you know or how, much you, how many times you've read the Bible. There's always something that God is working on in your life. And sometimes people think, you know what? Oh, you went to Bible college and you got it all. You know all the theology possible. And that's not true, right? I, yes, I know theology and yes, I've studied it. But the work that Christ does in a life is just throughout your entire journey on earth. And I think that that's something that we need to remember is that Christ is empowering you and that Christ is transforming you and that is not an ending journey. So if you're someone who feels like, you know what, you just kind of know everything and you feel like the Bible's kind of getting, you know, like meh, I just pray that you would ask God to revive your soul and that when you would read his word that he would begin to speak to you and allow his word to transform your life. So that was just a little before sermon. We're going to get into the sermon sermon. So I'm going to read um, the first section of the scripture, which is Acts 11, verses 1 to 11. And it says, Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea, and the Gentiles had received the word of God. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. 
You entered the home of the Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Then Peter told them exactly what had happened. I was in the town of Joppa, he said, and while I was praying, I went into a trance and saw a vision. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners from the sky, and it came right down to me. When I looked inside the sheet, I saw all sorts of tame and wild animals, reptiles and birds, and I heard a voice say, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. This happened three times before the sheet and all it contained was pulled back up to heaven. Right, so it starts with the Jewish believers got news that Gentile people were having Christ impact their life. Right, so then Peter comes back into Jerusalem, you know, just like, oh yeah, this is great. Lots of, you know, things happened. And they kind of bombard him. Like, what were you doing? You were eating with all these people that are unclean to us. Right, you were spending time with them. Why would you do such a thing, right? Why are you spending time with people who don't need God? It's, God's not for them, right? And then Peter says, I'm going to tell you guys everything that happened, right? He feels like, I'm going to defend myself here, right? Do you guys defend yourself when somebody starts attacking you? I do. I think it's, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't, but I do. And I think, and I think sometimes, <laughs> I'm going to say a little story. Where's Oh, Adam's gone. That's good. Um, I always get Adam to, like, make sure I eat healthy. And then sometimes I'll, like, sneak a cookie and he catches me. And I'm like, I'm starving. I didn't eat all day. You know, or, like, and then, like, I make excuses and I try to defend why I'm eating the cookie. I don't know about you guys, but I do that all the time. That was just a little side note. But that's what Peter is doing, right? He's saying... I, like, I did this because of what God was speaking to me. And then Peter begins to share his vision that he had with all the other Jewish believers. And he said, I had this vision of God taking down this sheet, and there were unclean animals, right? And the unclean animals represent the, the Gentile people. And he's saying, you know, God wanted me to go out from the Jew and not believe that God was only for Jewish people. He wanted me to go and speak this truth into the Gentile people. Right, so that's basically what God is saying. And I think the really cool parallel between this story is when we look at the veil that tore when Jesus died on the cross and when that gap was bridged between God and people. Right, and this is kind of what we're seeing here, that God is, the sheet falls down. And he's bridging that gap between Jewish believers and Gentile believers. And he's saying, it's not meant for just you. It's meant for everyone. Right? It's not just stuck to the Jewish people anymore. Right? You don't have to follow all these laws because God fulfilled the law. And I think that that's the incredible message from this story. Right? And then, you know, when we keep going, he says, don't say what is, that what I've made clean is unclean. Right? And that's saying that he's like, I died on the cross for everyone. I have made them clean. Right? I have covered them with my blood. And they have the opportunity for eternal life in heaven. Right? So God is showing the Jewish people 
that he came to fulfill that law and that salvation is not just for Jewish people. Right? And if we keep reading the scripture, we're going to start at verse 12 to 18. It says, Just then three men who had been sent from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. The Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not to worry that they were Gentiles. These six brothers here accompanied me, and we soon entered the home of the man who had sent for me for us. He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home and told him, Send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He will tell you how you and everyone in your household can be saved. And as I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see the God that God has also given Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Right? So he's continuing his story. And he's talking about what took place after his vision. And so we leave the vision right where God is bridging the gap between Jewish and Gentile believers. And Peter begins, oh, sorry. And then Peter and these Gentile believers come to him and he decides to go with them. Right? So just people come to him and he's like, yeah, I'll go with you. You know, I feel like God is saying this is good. And then as Peter begins to speak to them, and tell them about God, the Holy Spirit falls upon them and starts empowering them to witness and go out. So we can see that God had given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. And if we go back to verse 9, right, when he's saying, like, don't make anything unclean that I've made clean, that's what he's talking about, that these people were seen as unclean, but that God's Holy Spirit still fell upon them. Right? And sometimes our view of people can be the same thing. We may not have the difference, again, with Gentiles and Jewish believers, but sometimes we get stuck in that kind of mindset where we see church and unchurched, saved and unsaved. And that's kind of the view of things that we might have in our mind, and it doesn't mean that we don't love people or anything like that, but that sometimes we get stuck in our mindset of church. And that we get stuck within the walls of a church and we do a lot of things for our people here. And that we forget that our lives need to reflect the one who matters. And that our lives need to reflect who Christ is. Right? And it's not our decision who, who we speak to God about or who we, we talk to or anything like that or who sees how we live. But it's just the people around us who are there. Right? We have the opportunity to speak life to people. And we have that opportunity, but we can choose not to give it. And I think that that's something that we need to remember when we go outside of these walls, is that the people that we encounter and who see how we live matter. And that we need to stop viewing people as Christians and non-Christians, but view everyone as children of God. And that's what my heart longs for is that we would feel empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? When we make that choice to accept Christ as our Savior, we have the Holy Spirit come upon us, and it is to empower us and to give us boldness and courage to go out. 
And that is our calling, right? You may not feel prepared, but I can tell you that it is your calling. And that God says in his scripture in Matthew, what you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. And that is a powerful scripture that God is speaking to us, saying how you treat those around you, right? When you feed the hungry, when you clothe the poor, when you give, when you give someone who thirsts, there's thirsty for, right? That that is his gospel, and that is his message. And sometimes actions speak louder than words, right? And I know that this isn't, I'm not saying stand on a street corner and wave a sign saying Jesus loves you. That's not what I'm saying. But to be reminded of the one who saved you, I know that sometimes we kind of forget where we come from. But I think it's such a powerful thing to remember where you were and where you are. Right? And not just to dwell on the past, but to see the transformation that has happened in your life. Right? I remember where I was at 17 years old, and it was not a good place. And I remember when someone took the time to speak life into me and to share God's love with me. And it's transformed my life to this day. And I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be speaking these words to you. And I want you to remember where you come from. And the life that you've had. And weren't you searching? I was searching. I was searching for something that was bigger than I was. I was searching for hope. Anything that would give me hope. And then I found Jesus. And I hope that you can remember that moment in your life where you went from hopeless and desperate for something to finding this Savior who died for you, who loves you, and who wants to empower you. Right? We're not meant to keep God to us like the Jewish believers believed. We're meant to share that with the world. Right? And you know what? I can't probably reach a thousand people on my own. But if we all just speak life to one person, right, if we all speak life to one person, that transforms our city. That transforms Essex. And I think that that's the thing that we need to remember is that you're not meant to go out and do this by yourself. Right? Acts is about the, what the Acts of the Apostles did together. And that's what we need to remember is that this book is for us. His scripture is for us. We are living in that time where the Holy Spirit is still here empowering us. And we get that glimpse of heaven now with the Holy Spirit with us. And we need to remember that we need to speak that into other people so that they can be changed and transformed into the love of God. And I think sometimes we need to, p- to remember the power in the name of Jesus. Right? He says he began to speak and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Right? And that's the same thing that can happen with us. When we speak to other people, the Holy Spirit can fall upon them. Right? The Holy Spirit goes before we do. And you need to trust that God is doing his work on his side. And we just need to follow him. So what are practical steps that we can take? Right? I think sometimes the most frustrating things when I go to conferences is, you know, these 
people and these pastors give me like these amazing things and they're like yeah these are such great amazing things and it's like but I'm not going to tell you what to do it's like what I'm excited I want to know what I'm supposed to do like tell me how to do this and so practical steps pray that God begins to give you a heart for Essex and that he breaks your heart for what breaks his right we need to remember that prayer is powerful and that God can change our hearts. If you don't like people, God can make you love them. Right? I used to be very shy. And I think some of you would say, I would never believe that. Right? Pray for oppor- that opportunities arise for you to speak into people's lives. Three to feel capable and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do God's work. So I'm going to pray for all of you that this that this empowers you and that you feel ready. That you don't feel like your life is to sit in church and be, you know, quiet and calm, but that you feel God calling you out, that you feel God telling you people in your life to speak to. Right? I think we all have people in our lives that we can speak to. I think we all have people in our lives that don't know who Christ is and that we can show them. So I'm going to pray for you. And if you feel like you want prayer, that you don't feel like that power that you have of the Holy Spirit is there, if you want prayer for that, for revival in your life, I want you to come up for prayer. Pastor Adam's going to go play guitar. If you feel like you need that revival and that, that desire in your heart, or if you want God to break your heart for what breaks his, then you can come up for prayer. If not, I'm going to actually say that you guys are dismissed and can go um, after I pray. God, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you for the sacrifice that you've made to send your son to die on the cross for us, God. And I thank you, God, for your words that you speak to us through your Bible, God. And that you you give us the Holy Spirit to empower us, God. And that you allow us to be your hands and feet, God. That you trust us to go out and bring people to you. God, that you trust us to build your kingdom. So, God, we just pray for boldness in our lives and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, God. And we pray that you revive us in this moment, God, with your Holy Spirit to go out and make disciples of all nations, God. So, God, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you for the blessings in your life. And we thank you that we've found you and that you've found us. In your awesome name, Jesus. Amen.